Okay, um, hi everyone. <laughs> um, I was not gonna post anything or record anything. I said the last podcast, um, I would wait until we were back in the studio because I was pretty sure everyone was sick of my voice, basically. And the, um, yeah, there is no misconception. I'm just talking to myself. Um, but that was just too much to resist. Yeah, I hope everyone has survived that traumatic um, earthquake that we <laughs> we experienced here in Victoria. Um, I didn't, I didn't feel anything. <laughs> no, actually, I'll be, I'll be honest. I did feel the tremors. I was in an office and uh, everything started shaking. And then I looked outside and saw a couple of trucks sort of teetering. I was like, oh, yeah. And then, um, then it clicked to me like two hours later that my motorbike may have fallen over. <laughs> That's when I actually panicked. Um, yeah, look, man, it was some tremors. Yeah, there are countries out there, there are cities that are literally built on the fault lines that, you know, annually see their shit just get ruined. So I'm not going to make too much of it, but um, I am worried about the, inf- the just the influx of, you know, doomsday sayers that are going to come pouring in saying this is the beginning of the end and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, you know what is cool? I get to actually test out this mic. Um this is the last one that I, I'm planning on buying. It's meant to go to the studio, but seeing as I haven't been to the studio, this is at home. So I figured I'd try it out. <coughs> I figured I'd just try it out for this. I'm going to leave that coffee in there just so, you know, you know it's authentic. Um, you know what annoys me? Like, the guy that sold me the mic said, you know, it's virtually new. Um, he never really got to use it. And when I opened it up, it was still sealed in like all the original shit, like all the original bags for the USB cables and blah, blah, blah. But what annoyed me was, was when I opened the lid, the the first flap on the cardboard box actually ripped some of it as I was opening it. And I'm like, I don't understand how my stupid cumbersome fingers, I don't get how like this guy used this mic a couple of times and repackaged it all into like back into the box looking like new. Whereas like my first attempt to open it up literally ripped the fucking box. I don't understand I mean, really? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, look, the truth is, is I'm sort of just, um, I'm buying time here. I don't, <sighs> okay, what this was, I was going to put a post up last week on the um, September 11 anniversary. Purely because, like, I started seeing it in the papers again. It's been 20 years since September 11, and um, I put up a post on social media just about how I was I was in high school when September 11 happened. So I was at the tail end of high school. So I was a young adult, and I remember September 11. I remember the day. I remember the effect it had everyone on everyone. We've seen the aftermath of, <clears throat> you know, what what's actually happened. So it, it was, you know, it was a day like to actually stand and and remember. But um. I avoid. I, I didn't. I chose not to. I don't know why. And there's some other crap going on at the same time that I was going to raise, and I, I didn't. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it was the extended lockdown. I can't remember. Something had come up, and I'm like, yeah, I probably do want to talk about it, but then I just couldn't be stuffed. Sort of vented it out in a few um strongly worded texts to friends. 
But, um, yeah, I've had a few people message me and say, what do, what do I think about the protests going on right now in the CBD? And um, <laughs> I can't. All right. So I thought, fuck it. I'll, I've got a bit of time in the middle of the day. Um, I want to test out this mic. I want to see how it sounds. <sighs> all right. Um, these, we're all, we've all got lockdown fatigue. We can't be bothered. Like that, that's a fact. Okay. We've in Melbourne, we've, we're on par to be, we're on track to be the, the longest city in the world to have endured lockdown. I think it was somewhere in Peru, somewhere in South America. I can't remember where, but apparently they're, they're like 20 days ahead of us in total overall lockdown. I, I can't remember. Anyway, so look, there is fatigue, obviously it's set in, you know, we all can't be bothered, we're all sick of it, we all want answers and, you know, with our cases exploding every day, we've got, you know, 500 cases a day and blah, 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 meanwhile Sydney's in the thousands and somehow they're all still going to Mardi Gras, I, I don't get it. Anyway, I don't know, I don't, I don't get, I don't ask about the algorithm, <laughs> I don't know how it works. Um, no, but seriously, um, the thing about the protests, I'm a big, I'm all for free speech. Clearly, I do a podcast. I've always been outspoken. I've always said things that are provocative, which I don't see as provocative. I just see them as common sense. But nevertheless, <laughs> I'm all for free speech. I'm all for, you know, protesting if you think the cause is valid and all that sort of shit. But um, here are my two cents on the protests. Just go home. <laughs> what? No, seriously. Um, okay, you've got people out there. Like, okay, so what happened was, in a nutshell, is uh, Andrew's government's finally relented and said, "You know what? Uh, cases are exploding. Building industries, one big septic tank <laughs> of germs. These tradies aren't, you know, sort of following mandates and just following protocol. Basically, you know, you're not masking. You're not." QRing, you're not getting vaccinated, blah, blah, blah. Shit's hitting the fan, so we're going to shut down construction for two weeks. And apparently, you know, the livelihood of Melbournians is at stake and all our tradies have lost their shit and have, <laughs> have orchestrated a series of strikes, you know, walk-offs. Essentially, if you're walking off a site, you should just go home. <laughs> what did... <laughs> I don't know. Instead of that, they... they, they all right, look, they they didn't walk off. They walked off the job. They they walked into the streets and started, you know, marching down the Balti, generally anywhere where they could hold up traffic, blah, 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 and it exploded into a shitstorm. Now, this is a thing, okay? I get it, but this is all a result of the fact that these work sites, yeah, there's a, there's a pool of people that aren't complying on work sites, right? There's a lot of tradies in Melbourne. And it's not hard to put on a mask and la, la, la. Now, the government's talking about mandating jabs, you know, and allowing only for vaccinated uh, people on site, yada, yada, yada. What I don't disagree, what I disagree with, like in regards to these tradies sort of, you know, protesting, is <laughs> number one, all right, like they're attacking Dan Andrews and saying, oh, you can't do this, blah, 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 you're not thinking of this and that. It's like, hang on. I worked in I, I worked for a company for two years during COVID, so that was directly related, linked to the construction industry. And because of the yeah, COVID coming in, you know, obviously work slowed down. 
all types of shit. Like I felt the effects of that related directly as a, as a result of my job, you know, because yeah, it, it's linked to construction. I remember a year ago, a year ago, everyone was losing their minds because construction was still allowed to go on, even though everyone else was getting locked down. So every industry in Melbourne shut down except for essential workers and construction was deemed essential. And so I remember the papers, like this time last year, the papers were all about how Dan Andrews is protecting his his friends in, you know, the unions and, you know, his friends in construction and blah, 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 and he's, he's stringing it along as long as he can and allowing exemptions for, you know, the construction trade when everyone else is feeling the hard effects and blah, blah, blah. This was a year ago. So essentially, he's allowed construction to continue on through the whole of COVID at capacity, at fixed capacity, you know, in limited numbers and stuff like that. But it's, it's kept going. He's finally turned around and said, you know what? <laughs> There's too many cases at these work sites and it's sp- spiraling out of control. We need a hard stop until, you know, people start becoming vaccinated and la, la, la. And that was like the final straw for these tradies. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't sympathize, man. Like, all the heads in construction that I know that had to get stood down because of, you know, capacity and um, limited numbers and stuff like that, they all got paid. <clears throat> they were all on um, JobKeeper and all that sort of shit. So they were getting paid to stay home and blah, blah, blah. And there was, they were going to figure a way out. I didn't get paid. <laughs> my industry took a hit. My personal industry, my businesses have all taken a hit. I'm paying out of the ass for overheads. But I haven't got any form of job seeker. And I'm lucky because I've managed to find employment through the whole time that sort of continued. What about like the baristas? They were just told straight away, you're, you're out of a job. Like not even stood down temporarily, like you're gone. What about all the shops, all the tradespeople, like all the shops, shopkeepers, owners, everyone that was literally told no, and not like this week, but like a year ago. <laughs> with no support or little support or, you know, that support ran out back in March or whenever it was, and now they've just been stood down to be stood down. Do they, do they count? But no, you know, let's be fuckwits and go on protest because that's going to change anything. And the thing I don't believe in is um, violence against journalists, right? They, like journalists out there, and I'm not talking about your rag, you know, that, follows Natalie Bassenthwaite around for, you know, six weeks, hoping she takes a shit on someone's front lawn. <laughs> yeah, you know, or like hot scoop. <laughs> Some of the crap that they pass off as, as news, you know, like tabloid journalists. I'm talking about actual reporters that report shit that is worth half a crap. Yeah, you, know, you got journalists, like generally you're not meant to attack journalists, yeah, because they're just doing their job and they're, you know, getting the news. Yeah, you read about the Taliban, basically. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to talk about, the Taliban coming back in. No, yeah, but anyway, I'll come back to that. Um, Generally, you hear about, you know, Arab states and militia kidnapping journalists or, you know, in Central America, some journalist goes missing, then held for ransom. Interestingly enough, I just watched that movie with, uh, who was in it? Uh, Ricky Gervais and um, Eric Banner where they're journos and they get kidnapped. Um, <laughs> how that's relevant. Ah, the algorithm. Anyway, um, yeah. So I'm watching the news and I'm seeing, you know, these 
reporters getting cans thrown at them and like tackled and punched up and stuff. And it's like, mate, you're protesting and you want a voice and you want to be heard, but you're beating the people that are covering your protests and essentially giving you a platform. That makes absolutely no sense. And it's not the right way to go about it. You know, hearing what pisses me off is hearing people yell, yell at cops in protest saying shit like you serve us and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, no, they, they don't serve. Like the cops are there to protect and instill an order of law. Like that's why we have cops. Yeah, otherwise it'd be Thunderdome. You know what I mean? And it's just like if these clowns were, you know, had their freaking cars stolen in the middle of the night or whatever, they'd be calling the cops. <laughs> but they don't like it when they're told to just like, you know, pull their heads in. You've seen these these clowns like tear up, you know, causing destruction and, and you know, breaking shit. And I'm sick of people saying, Oh, you don't see what's going on on the other end, they're not covering that. It's like, no, fuckhead, like I can see it. Like, I can see it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not actually, I know I'm giggling a lot and I, I'm chuckling. I don't, I don't, it's not funny. Like, it's actually not funny. I just had it out with someone on Instagram, someone I haven't spoken to in like 10 years. They've just piped up because I've put a post up about, you know, the protests and all that sort of crap. And they just started on the whole anti-vax trip and it should be your choice and blah, blah, blah. And I'll just say the one thing I said to her, which I've repeated to people, Okay. I, I like how people start using the whole freedoms and blah, blah, blah. And as long as they tread carefully and don't try and defer to like a higher power, as if the, the higher power mandates their freedom, then they can fuck themselves. Okay, because there's a million historical references I could bring up, which sort of prove that a higher power does not give a shit about your freedoms. But I digress. Moving along, I just want to say... um. The the one analogy which I found really really sort of works, or at least just gets people off my back. So I can't be bothered. Like this conversation's been going on for too fucking long, and if we're still at the same point we were a year ago, then I've really overestimated humanity's capabilities. You know, like hearing that you know vaccines should be a choice, and it's my choice, and my body, my choice, and blah 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 blah. Right? It's like yeah, that's great, man, but. Seatbelts. Seatbelts are designed to save your life. Seatbelts were designed by scientists and, tech- and, and engineers to save your life. We determined that seatbelts could prevent serious injury in an accident. It won't stop you smashing into a car, but it will prevent serious injury and possibly death. And the big argument is, you know, vaccines are proven not to work and they're not going to stop COVID and they're not going to stop the spread. It's like, no, well, hang on. They will stop the spread. They won't stop COVID, but they're the best thing you've got next to masks. Next to masks and COVID and and vaccines, they're the best things we've got in place to prevent the spread, okay? And should you be unlucky enough to actually get COVID, the vaccine, yeah, you may feel symptoms, but you won't die, right? And the whole point is is that you're not going to overrun the hospital hospital system that's already underpowered, undermanned, and it's your best bet. And that's why we have vaccines for everything else. Everything. You know, can name a thousand diseases and, and viruses that have come up in you know, the last hundred years that we've had modern vaccines created literally to stop the spread of. And that's the thing. Like, I use the seatbelt analogy, 
Because it's the best analogy we have. Because it won't stop a car crash. But should you be unlucky enough to be in it, you won't die. It'll be the best thing you've got going for you to save your life. And the other thing is the fact that we have to have the seatbelt law because people are generally too fucking stupid to understand that something's going to kill them. That's why when, you know, you go to a train station and you've got big signs on the, on the ground that say, do not pass this fucking line because you will risk the chance of getting hit by a train. The fact that that is even there is just indicative. Like, it's the biggest example of how stupid people are. And now you're expected, you think, do you really think the government has faith in the, in, in the fact that you will understand the, med- like the science behind medicine, the bio makeup of medicine and vaccines and all that shit? No, because half the time the government's doing things as a society, we've, we've, gotten, we've developed things to a point where they are just how they are. And idiots just assume it is how it is because that's how it is. No, it is how it is because we created it to be that way because people that have generally more concern and more intelligence, more, more concern for their fellow fucking person and their neighbor and more intelligence than you, they've created it to be that way. That's why we have, you know, stop signs. <laughs> That's why we have two drink minimums, you know. That's why we have booze limits, you know. If you're driving under the influence or over, you know, you're under and over, there's a point. They came up with a, a you know, they, they let you drink, but they know you can't have more than this because you will, the probability of you getting into an accident will be increased. The same with the fucking vaccines. I don't expect people to understand how alcohol works. I don't expect people to understand how fucking medicine works. And this is the thing. I'm over. I'm absolutely over hearing people say to me, I'm going to do more research, you know, because I don't trust. It's like, you're not going to do any fucking research. You're going to find your favorite Instagram pages, your favorite Twitter accounts of whoever the fuck it is that you've been following blindly. And you're going to subscribe to their way of thinking because you put faith in this person having figured it out for you. And you're just interpreting whatever the fuck they have to say to suit how you feel, to suit whatever the fuck your agenda is. But it's kind of hard when they put it back on. They can't put it back on, say, someone like me, where it's like, well, you're just finding facts to suit you. Think, no, see, my facts are coming from fucking science. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe that the Andrews government had this big overall plot to, you know, control me and mandate me and turn me into some sort of fucking slave. Like, no. Because in the last, in the last, what, six months, I've managed to get my gun license and acquired five fucking rifles. If the government was trying to control me, they would have stopped me from doing that. But I've done it. (laughs) See, like, I don't understand. I've been able to operate as normal. The only thing is I've been following the fucking the protocol of, you know, stay away from fucking people and lockdown and blah, blah, blah. But I'm still trying to get on with my life any way I can. And that's the whole point. And I, I, I had it out with this, this woman on, on social media, which I fucking hate doing, like I've said before. But I had it out with her because she's, she's kept going about choice and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, cunt, like, you're acting selfishly. The vaccine is about you showing concern, not just for yourself, but for everyone around you. You may be the healthiest prick on the planet. You may be asymptomatic and then have the fucking virus, not know it, then give it to your grandmother 
or give it to whoever. Everyone, there's no one safe. All right, we thought people older were people were more susceptible to it, but you know, everyone's getting it, and that's the thing. It's just about not being selfish. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm actually just over it. Like the. It just boggles the fucking mind. And like I said, I, I'm fucking sick of hearing people. Oh, yeah, Nicki Minaj. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, God. Nicki fucking Minaj. I'm sure everyone's sort of seen it. Um, Nicki Minaj tweeted something about going to the, um, was it the Emmys? The Grammy? It was the Emmys. I'm pretty sure it was the Emmys. How she wasn't allowed because she hadn't had a vaccine. And um, she was going to get jabbed, but then she decided not to because... Her cousin's friend in Trinidad had swollen, got had the vaccine, had a jab, and gotten swollen testicles. And now he's impotent, and his fiance he was engaged, and his fiance called off the wedding. <laughs> and this is the thing: not only like, like, because she's got twenty-two million followers on Twitter or whatever, right? She's an influential person, and this isn't knocking her music. This isn't knocking anything. All right, this is just knocking her politics, right? Because she literally said, yeah, I'm going to do my research and, and, you know, you should all just pray on it. Yeah, no, because if we prayed on it, I think we'd pray, if prayer, prayer actually did anything, we'd be praying for the vaccine to go away, not the, not, not to help us to come up with a decision on whether to have a vaccine or not. We'd be praying for the fucking virus to go away, which, you know, is part of God's plan anyway. It makes it, I can't, okay, we're not going down that rabbit hole. Okay, I'm more than happy to argue with anyone who wants to come in and talk about it, but. Now, <laughs> for some reason, Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend apparently had a vaccine jab and became impotent and had swollen testicles, which led to the breakdown of his engagement, you know, slash marriage, pending marriage. And it's just funny because not only did this just gain traction, but it got the attention of everyone to the point where White House officials we're willing to contact her to explain to her, yeah, that it doesn't happen. And even the people, the, the good people in Trinidad, like the government of Trinidad came out and said, we have wasted so much time trying to debunk this fucking nonsense. Impotency and swollen balls are not a side effect of a COVID jab. <laughs> not, not only like, has it not been registered anywhere in Trinidad? It hasn't been registered anywhere in the world of all the side effects. You know, usual shit. You know, nausea, fatigue, headaches, you know, diarrhea. <laughs> no one has registered swollen balls as a side effect. And it's like, really? You got swollen balls, became impotent, and now your fiance is broken up with you? <laughs> Fuck. I'd hate to see what would have happened after the first kid. <laughs> it's just... I, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> I can't. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't... I don't have much more. I just... I'm reiterating the same shit over and over again, and the fact that people... Where you're, you're in plus, and people still don't understand how fucking vaccines work, how the spread works, why you should be wearing a mask. I'm sick of people turning around saying, see, masks don't work. It's like, you know, they do work. 
They do work. It's like a conny. You know, a condom does not guarantee that you won't fall pregnant. You know, there's a 99.9% chance it'll be sweet, but there is that 1%, you know, 0.1% or whatever the hell it is. You know, I, don't, I haven't looked at the pack, side of pack of a conny, pack of connies in years. All right. Um, I'm just saying. You need to wear the shit. Okay. It's like Connie's will prevent, you know, the distribution of STIs. You know, a lot better than they will, at, a lot better chance of that than stopping pregnancy. So you wear the mask because it's, it's the best chance, the best fighting chance we have. And I cannot fucking believe that I'm having this conversation to myself, by myself, again. I want to be in my studio. Yeah, I want to be around people that I sort of like. <laughs> I'll be honest, we've sort of hammered the WhatsApp threads between like the boys and the usual groups that I have on. Um, it's just been a shit show. One thing I did, one thing I did, I was looking at my notes because I was positive there was something that I had to say like ages ago. And then I remembered like, um, yeah, I found these notes. And they actually make no sense, and I'm reading them now, and I'm trying to, it's, my brain had like one of those train of thought moments where I just went down a wormhole at like 4am, and I just sort of made myself nuts, and I was just laughing like a lunatic in bed, and it made no sense of what I was laughing at, so I actually jotted it down. So the notes that I'm seeing, these are what they say. They say, alarm clock, dad AM on, every meme being relevant, dad memes making noises in the morning, hasn't has it changed stand-up, people going viral, following legitimizes you, Jesus Instagram, doesn't like he does in real life, ghost you, Muhammad would be on private with no photos. <laughs> um, there's a lot to break down there. I'll, I'll, I'll try and start. I'll try and figure out what my train of thought was just because – it sort of annoyed me. Then once I get get this off my chest, I can delete it. It won't make sense anyway. But I had to wake up like at a certain time. I generally don't set an alarm. You know, body clocks usually does the work for me. But I was getting up early for a purpose. I can't remember what it was. Maybe work. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, like, have I turned the alarm on? Blah blah blah. And I remembered um the Seinfeld episode where. The jogger, who's from Trinidad, <laughs> full circle, on my own, high five. Um, how Jean-Paul Jean-Paul, he was a, a runner that was staying with Elaine and um, he, he missed the Olympics because he, he didn't set the alarm properly, he overslept. And so they're big, they're, they're speculating over why he overslept, what, what he did wrong with the alarm. And um, Jerry's bet was that he didn't get the AM, PM button right and at that point in, in that mo- morning when i was thinking about the alarm going on and double checking to make sure it was set properly i remembered that because i remembered once when i was a kid for a good like week in a row like a straight a solid week my old man like because my bedroom used to uh be on the opposite side of a wall of like my parents bedroom and um i just remember waking up early in the morning and my old man's like losing it just like cursing to himself and like, I can just see my mum sort of, you know, not really defeated, just like throwing in a two cents, but knowing better than to just stay out of my old man's way. And I remember him losing his mind because, you know, the, the clock didn't go off or something like that. I don't know. It was, I was young. It was early. And I could just hear him like, you know, slamming the door and getting in the car and, you know, taking off. 
And I remember like happening it again, like the next day <laughs> and then happening again. And then I remember the old man buying um, another alarm clock, like to, to counter the problem. And then I remember playing with the alarm clock, seeing the alarm clock myself at a later date, like the new, I think he had this, either had the same problem with the new one or maybe I was just stuffing around with the old one before he, he fucked off or after he fucked off. And I noticed that it was the alarm, it was the AMPM that he'd screwed up. <clears throat> and like, see, that's the thing. You take a, a house like that in the, you know, early nineties where I basically, once I learned how to set, once I learned how to set the VCR, then that was it. All the electronics were off the table for like, you know, my, my old man. And I became <laughs> the engineer in the house. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. I always used to ask him, like, what the hell did you do before I was born? <laughs> did you just not watch TV? <laughs> there was a blackout and the clock reset. Did you just leave it forever until there was another blackout close? Or would you just like, sit there with a plug and wait till midnight just to get that double zero flashing? Anyway, <laughs> so my train of thought went to that. I don't know why. I just remembered it. And it sort of freaked me out because then I started realizing where some of my anxiety came from. Because as a kid, I grew up in a house where, you know, if... The old man wasn't working for whatever reason. We were going to be poor. Like, that was it. We had no reserves, no money. If he wasn't working for whatever reason, we were poor. So, and if he was ever late for work, he was going to get the sack. Like, that was it. There was no way known there could ever be any reason why anyone could ever be late for work. And that, that's a mentality, like, I sort of grew up with, just like that fear. Whereas, you know, we know it's not like that. But I'd kill myself so many times trying to get to work on time. You know, being five minutes late and thinking I may as well just clear out my desk and leave. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I remembered from that, I remembered all the noises. I, I was watching some meme of some dad getting up in the morning. <laughs> and it made me laugh. Because like, I remember we did, I remember maybe five years ago, we talked about on the podcast about, you know, Saturdays and Sundays at home basically doing housework with the old man because like your mum had housework for you to do. You know, she would like yell at you to clean shit up, which you just did begrudgingly did. But then I remember um, with the old man, the housework was different. The housework with the old man wasn't just like do this. And then he just left you alone. He would sort of mandate exactly how it was going to be done, what time it was going to be done. And then just sort of stand over you during the whole process. And then if you actually needed him, for something, if you needed him to show you how to do something, that's when you couldn't find him. And then he'd come back and scream you into the ground. Um, and I just all the, and like, I started seeing all these memes for like dad noises and things like that. And yeah, you know, all the, all the dad sort of orientated meme accounts where it's like, you know, your old man will get up at four, four thirty in the morning just to, to brag about it. <laughs> that he's been up since whatever. And you know, you decide to sleep into seven. And then I remember, like, it makes sense because, like, <laughs> as a kid, I remember old man, my old man sleeping in when he chose to sleep in, and if you wake him up, he lost his shit. But then, like, he'd always be up at the crack of dawn for no reason other than to be up and just make noise and shitty that everyone else was still asleep, as if you were inferior because you were sleeping at six o'clock on a Sunday morning. And then... <laughs> It'd get to two o'clock and you'd walk into the living room because the TV would be blaring and you'd consciously walk into the living room thinking, you know, maybe someone had left it on and fucked off. 
and Bathurst would be on TV. <laughs> It'd be nothing but V8 supercars. Nothing like that. And, like, that would happen. And you'd look at the chair and, like, your old man would be asleep in the armchair just, like, snoring his head off. <laughs> at, like, 2.15 on a Sunday Arvo or something like that. And then you'd go to turn the TV off and he'd wake up and, he'd, like, yell at you because he was watching that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I unraveled there really quickly. And then, um, yeah, I don't, I'm looking at my notes. I actually don't, like, it's just something about stand-up and following legitimize you. I've got no idea what that is. I think maybe just on the fact that, um, you know, you, uh, <laughs> I actually don't know what I meant. Something about having a lot of Instagram followers legitimizes who you are as a person, like today. Like, validates who you are as a persona or a character or just you as an individual. And, um... I don't know, like, what's an impressive number of followers to have on Instagram, you know, or Twitter? A thousand? Because I've argued this point a lot. You could just be a woman and exist and have 200,000 followers on Instagram because there are men out there thinking that you may eventually reply to their DM of a dick pic or something. I don't know, I've, I've, I've said it over and over again. I don't know, then, like, every now and then, you know, you, you find a friend of a friend of a friend on social media, he's got like 7,000 followers, and you're like, wow, this person's going to Hollywood. <laughs> must be a real piece of shit not to be able to get that many followers. I don't know. But then I've got something... <coughs> but then I've got something about Jesus and Instagram. And, oh, doesn't... And now I get it. Doesn't look like he does in real life. Okay, so... <laughs> I was watching heaps of things, uh, basically, on the historical accuracy of Jesus and the stories... Uh, revolving around him. And if Jesus, my thing was that if Jesus had an Instagram, he'd follow maybe 13th people. So like his, you know, 12 disciples and, you know, God. <laughs> um, but he wouldn't look like he, he actually did look in real life. So every photo, every portrait of Christ, you know, throughout history typically has him looking like, you know, Logan Paul or something with long hair. Like, <laughs> he just looks like a hipster from Brunswick, to be honest. Like the long hair, the beard, the pale skin, perfect bone, bone and cheek structure. <laughs> but the reality is, as we know, uh, Jesus in that time period, in that time of the world, would not have looked like a barista from Footsroy. He, he would have looked, it would have been short, darker, like a shitload darker possibly like uh, short brown, uh, short dark hair that was possibly curly. It would look like a typical, you know, um, Iraqi. <laughs> but yeah, and then, uh, yeah, he would have ghosted you in the end. <laughs> and then the last note I have is Muhammad would be on private with no photos. Uh, yeah, you can figure that one out for yourself. If you don't actually know the reference, then I suggest you read into Islam. Um, but yeah, I don't actually have much more to say. Um, it really was just about that. I didn't want to end on a downer. Uh, I can't stress it enough. I had, <laughs> just before I started this, I remember I saw some art, some news thing about a bunch of tradies yesterday's uh, March or maybe today's. They all, um, or the day before, I don't know. They were caught doing coke. Ah, Nadia Bartel, there we go. That's what I was going to talk about. Nadia Bartel, let's not leave it on a downer. 
Let's talk about the redeemable. Uh, Nadia Bartel. For the, those that don't know who she is, she's a former wag, you know, so a wife, <laughs> a wife of a professional athlete in Australia. She was uh, famously married to Jimmy Bartel, one of the nicest guys in the in the state of sports and AFL. He's ge- literally a gentleman. Jimmy Bartel was a great player for Geelong, really great on field, um, you know, demeanor off fields. Just a just a gem, gem of a lad. Um, Nadi Bartel, and um, I can't remember her maiden name, some Italian name, even though, yeah, she's been divorced for a couple of years now, still goes by her married name because, of course, no one knows who the fuck she would have been either which way. Um, yeah, part of, I love how part of it, they broke up and seemingly Jimmy Bartel did the dog on her and, you know, took off with some new bird a couple of months later after they broke up and it became this big thing about Nadia, the modern woman, you know, surviving and, yeah, you know, basically, you know, leveling up after her Jimmy. I love how in a whole rebrand, she never considered changing her married name because, you know, that is literally her identity now. But yeah, she was busted a couple of weeks ago doing a line of Coke. So uh, breaking lockdown and doing a line of Coke off a $3 Kmart plate. <laughs> I love how the media focused on that, that the choice of crockery was in dispute. <laughs> Not the, you know, not getting illicit drugs and doing illicit drugs, but more her choice of, uh, you know, <laughs> I can't. Anyway, but this is the thing. I didn't actually know much about Nadia Bartel before this incident. I knew she was married to him and she was, you know, an influencer. She runs a fake tanning booth, a uh, fake tan company with uh, Juddie's missus and someone else. I can't remember who. Um, and yeah, seemingly became a fashionista and an influencer in the last decade. But this is the thing, when you dig a bit deeper and you just have a look at who Nadia Bartel is, right? She's a single mum in Melbourne or whatever, raising three kids. Like, oh yeah, cool, cool, entrepreneur, blah, blah, blah. And I, I just looked into her history a bit. So she studied law till and graduated uh, in 2008. And the same year she met Jimmy Bartel, married him a couple of years later, thus enter influencer. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, she got a law degree. Law degrees aren't easy. Like, it's an esteemed profession. They're not easy. And it's just, it made me laugh, the fact that just two days before she was busted with the coke, she was doing interviews. Yeah, there's like press pieces in the paper about her, you know, launching this and being an established influencer and a... F- fashion fucking icon, blah, 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 where it's like she had just graduated with a law degree. She could have been a barrister or something, and her story literally just ends with married a footballer and then started posting pictures of herself in her underwear on Instagram. Well done. (laughs) I don't know. That just, it doesn't sit right with me. It really doesn't. And if I have to explain why it doesn't sit right with me, then maybe you shouldn't be listening. I don't know how you found me to begin with. Oh, you can call me out. I don't, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's like uh, Britney Spears. I know I'm the same with both uh, both sides of the coin. Like, look at Britney Spears' um, ex-husband, Jason. Uh, what's his name? Not Jason. Kevin Federline, <laughs> the rapper with his Popozawa track. He was a backup dancer. And then ended up jamming her and marrying her. Had two kids and then just sponged off her. 
and he was asking for like 40k alimony a month or something like something ridiculous yeah it goes for him too it was useless as tits on a ball beforehand and still useless <laughs> what I don't know, at least he tried. I love how she he dropped the rap album and then Britney Spears' camp basically distanced themselves as much as they could. No cross-promotion, like you won't find Britney, like, you know, sharing his music on Insta stories. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think that's a bit enough of a midweek ramble. Um, I do want to say one thing. <coughs> uh a couple of weeks ago, a listener popped out of the woodwork and dumped a bit of money on the um, Buy Me A Coffee account. And it was someone who I do know, I, I haven't seen admittedly in like 10 years or something, and we interact mostly via, so, uh, uh, we interact via social media. And um, yeah, they, they popped up and they, I'd asked and they donated like, you know, a couple bucks to the cause. So I've messaged them and said, thank you. Like, you know, I didn't even know you listened. And they've said to me that, you know, they've been listening for, they started listening at the start of lockdown and then basically went back and just did the whole history, like checked the whole catalog, back catalog and listened to everything. And um, I just want to say thank you because it's happened a bit the last couple, last month or two, more, a few more people that I've actually know of or know personally seemingly listening to us or me ramble on uh, to no end. So it is actually refreshing, despite the fact that we've been in lockdown. I haven't been able to promote this thing any more than I have or am, which is almost none. Um, yeah, people still actually tuning in. So I just want to say thanks to everyone that listens to this and who has never made themselves aware to me, basically. Um, outside of people that know me personally, and they haven't made me aware. Um, yeah, I really... Yeah, come forward, man. I'll give you a shout-out. I really didn't... You know, anything... <laughs> or just let me know, like, because um, I really do appreciate it. It is nice to actually hear. Um, but yeah, smoke crack. <laughs> Hold up.